Welcome to O's Corner with your host, Onyi. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to O's Corner. I'm your host, Onyi, and I'm so grateful to be here to cultivate this space, to have this platform, to know that you're listening, to know that you will take with you whatever you need to take with you and leave what's not yours. And that is okay. And I'm here just doing the work of sharing what comes through to share. And right now, let us share in being in gratitude, grounding in acknowledgement, giving thanks for ourselves, first and foremost. I greet your higher selves. I greet my higher self. I'm grateful that we made the decision to be here together on this earth during this time, experiencing everything we're experiencing. I give thanks. I give gratitude. I acknowledge our ancestors, our collective ancestors, our individual ancestors, the ancestors of the lands that we're occupying, our non-human ancestors, all of our ancestors going back to the beginning of time, everything that came before us. And I am grateful for the privilege of being an ancestor to the future generations. And may we chip away at what is not us so that we pave a way for our children, our children's children to know that they have the permission to be who they are. I thank and I honor the directions, the north, the east, the south, and the west, above and below, all of the directions. I honor the elements and elementals. I honor the beings in the plant, mineral, and animal kingdoms, all beings, all energies, all spirits, everything on earth, everything outside of earth. I'm grateful for the opportunity to co-create and coexist with everything, to co-teach and co-learn. May we learn from everything. May we learn from everyone. May we see our reflection in everything. We are all part of the all that is without any one of us. The all that is wouldn't be the all that is. I'm grateful. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Ashe. So today is the second Friday of the month and our topic for second Fridays is love, sex, dating, and all things relating. LSD with Onyi. And I'm going to continue on this theme of difference. The last two episodes have been about doing something different in relation to whatever the topic of that Friday was. (laughs) And so as far as relating relationships go, I have so many questions that I encourage you to really consider as far as doing something different for yourself, as far as relating with yourself differently. First and foremost, you know, that being the root, the foundation of your ability to relate with others with clarity, with integrity, from a place of neutrality, from a place of presence versus coming from past versions of yourself, especially past versions of yourself that are still sitting in an unhealed energy and really you stepping into the version of you that exists now, which is a more healed version than the past versions of you, potentially. A version of you that potentially 
can sit in the recognition of your power and your permission to be who you are and to move in the direction of your preference? In what ways do you need to relate to yourself differently to really step into a new place? Do you love yourself? Do you see yourself as valuable, as worthy, period, because you exist, not because of anything you've done, not because of any accolades you've received, not because of any achievements that you have that you have garnered, but because you exist? What does that look like for you? And as you sit in that place of seeing what needs to be different or moving in the direction of what needs to be different, how does that then extend itself to your relationship with others? In what ways are you relating with others, whether on a platonic level, on a romantic level, on a sexual level, in a partnership, business partnership, in all the different ways to relate? There's so many different ways, more ways than we even know more ways than we even have titles for, but in what ways are you relating with others that could use a shift, could use something different in order to open up more within yourself, allow the other person or other persons to open up more, allow that entity which is the container that holds the relating in and of itself which is separate from the individuals that are contributing to it, it has its own life, its own destiny. In what ways do any of the individuals within a relating need to shift in order to allow the relating to be a bigger, more expanded, brighter version of itself? It's been interesting to have conversations with good friends of mine around engaging romantically specifically and sexually and really seeing how we have shifted over the last year over the last year and a half especially in light of quarantine and given a lot of the logistical elements of quarantine you know the activity of engaging with individuals has shifted dramatically for many people We've had instructions to maintain a certain distance from each other in public spaces. You have individuals quarantining with each other and seeing each other more often during the day than they typically would pre-quarantine because people were outside working. Whereas, you know, having to be inside working or not working and seeing those individuals, whether they be a spouse, a partner, roommates, children, other individuals, seeing them for a greater degree of time than many people were perhaps used to in the past. And when in those positions, it has really caused people to reflect, to really consider and check their energy to really evaluate relationships especially with those individuals that may or may not be blood family or children and even then you know really seeing how am I in this relationship 
do I really enjoy being with this person at all? Do I enjoy being with this person for longer amounts of time? Was it something that I ignored before? Did I use the things that I was doing outside as a distraction? You know, taking me away from what I was actually feeling in the relationship? I think a lot of people have had to contend with that when you're in the same space with someone. I mean, first and foremost, I just imagine that people at any given time need their space. You know, there might be some individuals who are more willing to cohabitate or be in shared spaces for longer, whereas some people just really are super independent and need a lot of space. And I think ultimately everyone needs their own space to a degree, you know, and that degree is going to shift and change based on nature. But, you know, when you're forced to be in the same space with a person in light of, you know, a requirement, in light of a quarantine, in light of something that everyone on a mass level is experiencing, that does something to people. And I think part of it is the idea of lack of control or being told what to do. So that definitely is a big element of it. And I think the other part is that some people are just not used to being with the same person in the same space for longer than a certain amount of time. And it has really forced people to really consider who they are and their relationships. And, you know, what I encourage people to do now is, you know, outside of the experiences and the shifts and changes in light of quarantine and in light of just everything that has been going on all over the globe on so many different levels, socially, politically, so forth, is to really reevaluate your relationships and even in a different way than you have been for the last year. You know, again, what are those things that you can chip away at that are not you when it comes to how you relate to people? In what ways are you engaging that really don't feed you? In what ways have you compromised? <laughs> I was just reminded about a interview that Eartha Kitt did. And the interviewer was asking her about compromising because a man's in her life and isn't, you know, love worth compromising for. And she just basically laughed in his face, <laughs> laughed in his face. And it's like, why, why do I need to compromise? You know, like you be you allow the other person to be the other person and see if you can relate with each other and navigate what that relating looks like. And, you know, you make adjustments here and there, not because of an idea of needing to placate the other person, but based on a recognition that their reflection is showing you something about yourself that you are realizing you would like to shift because it makes you a better person to shift. Not because you have an idea of your own value and worth and your desire to maintain this relationship and to not have the person abandon you, so therefore you must change. Those are two completely different energies. But it's like how many of us have compromised in any type of relationship, compromised who we are, compromised what we prefer, compromised what we know is, you know, what we enjoy, 
What brings us joy? What brings us peace? But we compromise our peace for the sake of the idea of the relationship, which in and of itself, when you're compromising who you are from a place of negativity, what you're actually doing is you're not actually showing up for that relationship as you are. You're showing up as something other than what you are, which is false. It's a false persona that is feeding this entity. So you're feeding that entity falseness because you're feeding that entity what is not actually you. And you can't actually be something that is not you authentically. No matter how much we try, no matter how good we imagine we are at pretending, the energy knows. <laughs> the energy knows. Acting from a place of lack of integrity is is faulty. It's faulty, shaky, unstable energy. So you create instability within that entity. So how many of you are holding on to feeding, curating, unstable entities, unstable relatings, because you yourself are not showing up as who you are. You yourself are not feeding yourself. You are compromising yourself in a way that doesn't serve you, nor does it serve the other person, because they're engaging with a compromised version of you. A whole lot of that going on. I'm continuously chipping away at those behaviors within myself, constantly reviewing past versions of me that were not showing up authentically. And some of it was from this idea of this being nice, this idea of not wanting to hurt the other person, this idea of, well, we're in this relationship, so we got to stick it out and just compromise and just, you know, do it for the sake of the relationship. But you're actually not doing it for the sake of the relationship. You're doing it for the sake of your negative beliefs. And those negative beliefs are what is feeding or leading to the emotions that generate the actions. And again, the action is not stable because it doesn't have solid ground. So in what ways do you need to actually uproot everything kind of start from scratch and not even starting from scratch and that's another thing that's been coming up a lot for me just this idea of starting from scratch restarting which on some levels that is true and in many ways that is not true because I have all of the knowledge that I've gained from the experiences past versions of me have had and as I continue to work and navigate that knowledge and really ground that knowledge within me, really start to put that knowledge to work by making different choices than past versions of me did, then I transmute that knowledge into wisdom. I was just having this conversation with another person today, having wisdom. And for me, I've been looking at, you know, what ways did I engage with individuals in the past that were not true to who I was? and therefore created or contributed, because you know everyone plays a part, contributed to a shaky relationship because in and of myself, I was shaky. I wasn't standing firmly rooted and grounded in who I was. I didn't know who I was really. I didn't. I didn't love myself the way that I love myself now. 
I did the best that I could then with what I had available to me and where I was. And looking back, hindsight 2020, I see that I didn't love myself as much as I know how to love myself now. So what needs to be different? And, you know, perhaps the different thing is in what ways do you need to open up to new experiences? You know, what boundaries and restrictions have you had for yourself for whatever reasons? What of those can actually be dissolved because they are no longer relevant for who you are now, for how your spirit wants to relate with other people now? And I'll speak specifically romantically, but this can be across the board in all ways of relating. You know, what boundaries did you put up in the past in light of the desire to not get hurt, the desire to not hurt someone, ideas and conditions about what you were supposed to look for in a partner, whether a romantic partner, a life partner, or a sexual erotic partner? What ideas, what lists were you operating from, trying to check everything off, did you hold on to so tightly that they prevented you from having what could have been really beautiful experiences? And I try not to stay in that coulda, shoulda, woulda energy for too long because you can spiral. But it is interesting to reflect neutrally on, oh, wow, I made the choice back then or past version of me made the choice back then. Again, I like to use the language that reaffirms the idea that we are completely brand new beings at every given moment. So I speak about past versions of myself as if they are completely different people. But what beliefs did past version of Oni have that led to her not exploring a certain type of relationship or a relationship with a certain person because of a fear of getting hurt? or a fear of how other people would perceive her, or a fear of how she would be able to handle that type of situation, whatever it was. You know, she did what she believed she needed to do in order to protect herself and navigate in the ways that she was choosing to navigate. But this version of me can look back at all of those choices and see, hmm, okay, that one was out of anxiety. That one was out of rigidity. Hmm. That one was out of a need to feel in control. And there's so many, so many reasons why we make the decisions we make and so many ways by which we go about making the decisions. Sometimes I like to not necessarily focus on why did I make that choice, but how did I go about making the choice? What were the steps that I took, what were the belief systems that I was operating from to then lead me to whatever choice that I make. And by tracing those steps, you're able to see all the different, quote, triggers or elements that will still show up here and there. And as the new versions of you in this moment, you get to say, ah, okay, now that this specific element is coming up, which may kind of look like what came up in the past, based on what I have learned 
from the past version of me, I know how to navigate this specific situation in a different way. So what does that look like for you as far as situations that you didn't allow yourself to explore because of beliefs that you had? And I think it's also important to honor and appreciate the positions past versions of you had, especially if you understood that you didn't have the capacity to make certain decisions back then and so you chose to not do so. You know, so many people don't have the capacity but go about making decisions in a certain direction anyways because they are acting from a place of anxiety, of fear, of wanting to appear a certain way, of wanting to achieve a certain outcome. And I think it's so amazing when a person can be like, nope, I just don't have the capacity to do that right now. And so I will choose not to. And, you know, again, future version of themselves can recapitulate, review, see what decisions they made, how they went about making the decision, and perhaps why they made the decision, and to check that against who they are in the present moment and decide, okay, the past version of me made that decision, and that's where I was at then, and I recognize that I'm completely new in this moment, and I do have the capacity, and I'm going to be open to a situation that looks similar if it shows up. So really sit with the idea of becoming open to possibilities that you were not open to before from a place of curiosity, from a place of being open to new experiences. And, you know, granted, we are in a quarantine, we are still dealing with the pandemic. And so I encourage people to maintain whatever safety precautions are necessary for them. And it's also really interesting to consider that the ability to relate to people, even though there are certain restrictions, it is not completely suppressed. You know, there are still ways to interact and engage and open up and explore, whether it's virtually (laughs) or whether it's, you know, after you've done your own due diligence and ensuring that physically you are healthy, physically other individuals are healthy, you have agreements about what that looks like and how you are really looking out for each other's safety. But it's been interesting to actually see different relationships start to sprout, see different types of engagements start to pop up. Not all is lost. There are still opportunities. You can still absolutely find ways to engage in new ways that help you to open up, that help you to heal aspects of yourself romantically, erotically, and in other ways. I always say go in the direction of the fear. You know, obviously if the fear is showcasing the fact that your life could actually be in danger, in harm's way, then uh, I don't recommend doing that. You know, fear comes up as a, a warning signal oftentimes, and our instincts can kick in when we know that we are potentially in danger. So that's not what I'm talking about here. But 
if there is an anxiety about experiencing something that you've shied away from in the past for whatever reasons, if you are recognizing more and more the deep layers of your conditioning from family, from society, and so forth, if you are wanting to tap into new aspects of yourself that you didn't feel you had permission to explore in the past, then I say go in the direction of the fear. When that fear comes up, it's there to illuminate to you what negative beliefs that you're still holding on to. And the only thing that you will find on the other side of that fear is more of who you are. So really use the fear as a friend, break through, and learn more about yourself through having whatever experiences you need to have in order to, again, see yourself from a different perspective. And whatever that difference may be, really sit with that. If you have been engaging sexually or erotically and need some sort of change, perhaps becoming abstinent, really withdrawing from engaging sexually in that way and seeing how that shifts your energy, perhaps learning how to use your sexual energy for other reasons in other ways through your creativity it's all creative energy so whether or not it's getting used through the act of sex it's neither here nor there but a lot of people actually are engaging sexually when perhaps what their energy is telling them to do is to create (laughs) just create so you might find that withholding from sex allows you to be in a completely an utterly creative state that you would have never even imagined because you didn't give yourself that opportunity. You felt like the only way you could channel that energy was through engaging sexually with a person. Try that. If for you, you've become accustomed to not engaging sexually or erotically and what would be different and what brings an anxiety is to engage with someone, really ask for the opportunity through your prayers, through your journaling, through whatever ritual or practice you do, ask for the opportunity to explore. Ask for those individuals or that individual who can really hold space for you, who can really honor and have regard for you. Ask that that person show up or that you see that person who knows maybe it's someone that you (laughs) have always had access to but because of your inability to see the opportunity or to open up to the opportunity you never gave that person a chance and by you stepping into this place of openness then you see the abundance of opportunities to explore that you hadn't allowed yourself to see before So go in the direction of the anxiety and really take your time, say what there is for you, make agreements that you feel comfortable with, have whatever specific boundaries that you know are necessary for you and are not coming from a place of anxiety, but actually coming from a place of you knowing who you are and what you require. But once you've set those, Give yourself the freedom and the openness to explore 
and to see what and who you are. It may surprise you completely. Whatever needs to be different when it comes to relating, when it comes to engaging, even during these times, there is absolutely the opportunity for that. Because if you doing something different is going to help you to be more of who you are, is going to help you chip away at what is not you, is going to help you to increase in your level of awareness, of lightening up, then your energy, your spirit is wanting to move in that direction. Always. Our spirits are always moving in the direction of what allows us to open up more, allows us to elevate more. That is the natural flow. That is the surrender. Everything else is resistance. So what is your natural flow? What is something you can do differently that moves you closer to being in alignment with your natural flow? What is that? Get honest with yourself. Journal. Meditate. Pray. Have conversations with friends that can really hold space for you and that can help be mirrors for you to see what that is. Get really honest with yourself. The more honest you get with yourself, the more life can really shine a flashlight on your negative beliefs the more you are able to see what doors need to be closed so that you can allow for the doors that want to be opened to be opened. And life can steer you in the direction of your preference. Life can steer you in the direction that will help you to, again, step into the fullest container of yourself as yourself as possible. Sit with all of that. Really sit with all of that. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you to all of the messages that came through for this episode. I thank you to our ancestors. Thank you to everything that came before us for us to learn from, for us to use as reflections to help us be more of who we are, whether we walk in similar paths because those maintain an integrity that we are in alignment with, or we walk in different paths because we recognize that there was not the same alignment and we know our permission to make different choices and in doing so we heal ourselves and we heal our ancestors. I thank the directions. May we move in the direction of our preference when it comes to our relationships. May we do something different May we move in a different direction as need be and know that we are supported no matter what direction we go in and that synchronicity will course correct us. Thank you. Thank you to the elements and elementals. May we remember those energies within ourselves. May we call upon them to help us to be more of who we are as we explore ourselves through our relationships in different ways thanking the beings in the plant, mineral and animal kingdoms. May we use your reflections to help us be more of who we are, to help us be in our natures, to act from our natures as we engage in our relationships. Thanking everything on earth, everything outside of earth. May we continue to relate to everything as who we are. 
allowing everything to be as it is and in operating from that place of integrity of who we are we again complete the circle that is the all that is the all that is experiencing itself through all of our unique reflections our responsibilities to be who we are and may we do that with joy with peace with ease i thank you i thank you i thank you i have so much gratitude ashe Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Again, this is O's Corner. I am your host, Onyi. And until next time, be well. You've been listening to O's Corner with your host, Onyi. Want to know more about Onyi? Log on to Onyi.love. That's O-N-Y-I dot love. Thanks for listening.